just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson, and we're going to have, uh, I think, a very encouraging conversation today for you. If you grew up in the church, you've heard, you know, um, that, that we are supposed to be faithful in the little things. Uh, and, and we know that, but sometimes it feels little. <laughs> it feels a little small and insignificant, kind of ordinary. Uh, and I have some encouragement for you today because there is a lot more there than you may suspect. There is a new book out. It is called A Little Goes a Long Way. It looks just like this. And it is written by my guest, Rachel Adams. And so get ready to be encouraged in the little things that you are doing. Uh, and then you'll just do more. So, Rachel, great to have you on Live Today Live. Uh, it's great to be here. And I'm encouraged already by your kind words today. So thank you so much. So did I get it right? Is that kind of where you're coming from, what you're trying to maybe wake people up to is those little things? You're absolutely right. You, this this uh, this all stemmed from this wrestling and this tension of me feeling like my life was too small, too ordinary, too mundane mm. to make a big difference. My days are pretty routine. I wake up and have my cup of coffee and open my Bible, walk my dogs and take my kids to school after I've packed their lunches. And I respond to emails and answer phone calls and do some homework, make some meals, throw in a load of laundry and some dishes. And, and then I do it all over again the next day. And, you know, so many times we can just have this, this conversation with the Lord. Okay, God, I, I did all of these things. And I'm going to do them all again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And does any of it matter? Does any of it matter for, for your kingdom and for your glory? Because I, I want my life to count. I know I'm here for a reason, but yet it feels too small. And so this was the wrestling that I was um, talking with the Lord about. And so I just went to his word. God, what do you say about this? And so as I looked at, at his word and in the Bible, the more I discovered that a significant life is actually simpler than we think. It is, you know, somebody famous, I, and I don't remember who, because uh, I, I stick with ideas, I'm terrible with names and dates and places, but someone, a respected theologian type, said that God is in the mundane. And if you think about that, um, the change is the mundane, you know? Uh, I'm curious, how many kids do you have? I have two. Uh, they're both middle schoolers, 13 and 11. Have and, and and I get it. We have four. Uh, they're all adults now, but the grind feels just like a grind at times. Like you're just trying to kind of keep up with things. Um, but has has it really sunk in? I'm sure after writing the book, it has. But has it sunk in that that you are you're like God's representation on this earth to two human souls. Mm. Yes. And I think some days it does and some days it doesn't. You <laughs> right, know, when, right, right. <laughs> when, when, when I, I, I stay, I was a stay at home mom and I guess I still am um, picking up Cheerios and changing diapers and, and bottles and, and all of that and being home alone all day for the most part can be really lonely. And you do question that. But the older that they have gotten, I can see those faithful 
steps, those those prayers that we've shared, the words of encouragement, the time studying in the Bible, the just the fun times we've shared as a family, it has proven to me that God is taking those little things. You know, those are our first disciples. And so right. it, no matter no matter if we have children or not, I'm you know, I, I wrote this from this, the vantage point and perspective of a stay at home mom. But in my Bible study that I that I co-lead on Thursday mornings, there's there's quite a few women that aren't raising children anymore that aren't uh, working they're already retired and so they're they're struggling and questioning this too what what am i supposed to be now i can't do what i used to be able to do physically in the seasons before in my life and so is my life still significant even now and so i think that this no matter what season of life we're in we're all kind of wrestling with this this question yeah no you're you're absolutely right about that um and and it changes you know, as we do go through seasons, uh, it, it, sometimes the thing that felt most important is has ended and you wonder, is there, what is there? And, and that's the wonderful thing about sort of God's plan is, is he's, he's doing his plan, uh, and, and he invites us into it. Um, I want to go through some of the steps that you have in your book. You've, you've got 52 days to a significant life, uh, where you've kind of broken this thing down, but you've got you got these little things uh, that, to me, it kind of puts a face on what you're saying and, and gives me action items. So walk us through some of these significant things and explain to us how they might feel small, but they're really big. Yeah, the key to me is is I don't want to give us more to do because we all mm-hmm. are so busy, right? But I just want us to value the little we are probably already doing. So I think it's kind of, you know, I say it's 52 days to a significant life, but we really are already living a significant life. We just don't quite realize it. And so I think some of those little things that we are already doing and that we can continue to do that I want to encourage everyone to do would be an encouraging word. I don't know about you, but I have so often been in a a season of maybe discouragement or frustration where I'm I'm wanting to just quit whatever I feel like God has called me to do. And Mm -hmm. it seems like it never fails that I'll get a a text or a phone call or a letter in the mail or, or my spouse comes in or my children come in or just a friend that says, Rachel, I think you're doing a great job or your devotion really encouraged me or I listened to your podcast or, you know, you look really beautiful today. Whatever the word of encouragement may be, we just never know what we can can tell and communicate to people that might just help them persevere on the call that God has them um, on in their lives. And so those are already there's like a little prayer, a little word of encouragement, um, a, a little presence and time with somebody. We, we have no idea how God will use that. See, now that takes something that for some of us can be a little difficult, which is to think outside of our own world. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. I just mean that I get preoccupied. I get focused on the tasks at hand for myself. And sometimes I I, I would overlook those things, not out of any intention, but just it takes a little bit of, of effort, a little waking up and a little bit about kind of thinking about other people and not just your own responsibilities. It absolutely does. And I think actually you hit two more devotions. Uh, (laughs) A little effort goes a long way and a little interruption goes a long way because we can be so prone and I'm this way too, to to get want to get my work done and I have a timeline and I love um, I'm kind of achievement oriented. And so I love to 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 mark a, a task off of my list. 
And so I think that the key is, is to just wake up every day and pray, Lord, help me to stay in step with you. Help me to lay down my agenda for your agenda and notice the needs in front of me. So no matter where you are, if it's the somebody at the cubicle beside you or the church pew or the bleachers, wherever you are, there's probably somebody around you that has a burden or a need. And so the prayer is, Lord, open my eyes to see that need and help me to meet it. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's, it's interesting how it does change the dynamics of all your relationships when you start to do that. Uh, and you're right. A little does go a long way uh, just with those simple things. When, was there a point where is this kind of always been sort of a little bit your personality or did you have to make a conscious shift to this? This is, I think it is a conscious shift. I think I've always valued people. Um, and But the more I have looked into the Bible on how God used every encounter and Jesus, how Jesus lived his life, mm-hmm. if, you, if we look at his life, he was born as a baby in the tiny town of Bethlehem, and he never traveled outside a 100-mile radius, yet we're still talking about him today. Yeah. But you look at how he lived his life, and he walked along the road. He went to weddings and funerals, and he prayed with people and shared meals with people, big, big meals, but also small, intimate meals with people. And he... He went and he sat with one woman and drank a a cup of water beside a well. And so these are the ways that Jesus lived. And if nothing was too insignificant for the Savior of the world, then nothing is too insignificant for me. And so through writing this devotional, I have been keyed in on, okay, God, you are using ordinary, everyday people, and it's you who makes it extraordinary. And I want to partner with you in the same way. And I believe you're going to use everything, the big and the small, um, for your kingdom and for your glory. I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I, I think there's a little bit uh, in in some church circles, certainly the way I grew up, in thinking that if if I don't do the big things, if I don't do it all, then it's not going to happen. Uh, and the older I get and the more I go, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do. Um but yet I recognize the impact that individuals have. So I try to strike this balance between just, you know, it's kind of completely fatalistic attitude and this whole, I'm the savior of the world attitude on the other end. Where, where do you see our participation in what God wants to do on the earth and in people's lives? Where do you, where do you strike that balance as to, as to how much, is responsibility versus how much is just privilege. Mm, I love the way that you phrase that. You know, and I think you're exactly right. Culture is telling us and communicating to us that bigger is better. Yeah. And even in the church, we can look and say only the the pastor or only the worship leader, they're the only ones making a difference. Um, and while they are doing great things, we all can't be up on the stage at the same time because then nobody would be in the congregation. Right. Nobody would be greeting. Nobody would be working in the nursery. Nobody would be um, making the meals for the hospice care or the funeral. So it really does take us all. And I, I think it's just a ploy of the enemy, if I'm being honest, that he wants us. That's what he did it from the very beginning. Adam and Eve had perfection in the garden and he had them looking towards something else bigger and better and different than what they had. Mm. And so he's doing the same thing for us to try to let us um, discourage us to not use our gifts at all and not to believe that they matter at all. And so then we don't do anything at all and we don't take our rightful place in God's plan. 
So I, would it be fair to say that it's not necessarily that you do big things, it's that you do obedient things? Mm. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, a, a, just a willing heart. And that I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you call me to do because God does work in big ways. But I think we often almost read our Bibles in the way of looking at just the big moments. You know, Esther saving an entire people group. Mm. But we forget she was a young orphan girl who prayed and fasted and lived years in the harem. And then we look at the life of David. He had the big sling in the stone moment. But how many how many years did he spend shepherding in the field and playing his harp that we that we didn't see? And so God uses all of those little moments. And then there's the big moment. And then there's lots of little moments. Mm. And then there's a big moment. It's, it's just this this ebb and flow of life, I think. And we need to just not forget and discount those little moments that lead us to the big. Yeah. And when you know, when it comes to, to churches, by the way, just a side note, and, you know, whatever meetings or whatever, I'm not down on the big ones. I'm not down on the small ones. Jesus had his 12 core disciples, but yet thousands would show up to hear him speak. So mm-hmm. I think, again, it, there is a balance. But when, when you're talking about our individual, the, the, the daily activities, um, I, I'm convinced, and I think there's scripture to back it up, that it's, it's those, it's the daily um, uh, faithfulness in the field, if we're talking about David, you know, or in, in the prayer closet, you know, that enables us to have the big moments. I, I would go out on a limb and say that if you don't have the, the faithfulness in the mundane and see the small, supposedly insignificant things as sacred, you'll never have the big moments. Any? I would go on the limb with you, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, I even look at the way that that God created the world. He could have created it in an instant, but he created it little by little, day by day. And I look at how he's preparing us. Our hearts aren't ready. Our minds aren't ready. Our talents aren't ready. Our gifts aren't ready. He's constantly preparing us and sanctifying us for that next step. And, And so, yeah, I would totally agree that that it all happens little by little. His rescue happens little by little, and we're being molded more into his likeness little by little. Yeah, it's a it's a daily thing. It should be anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. daily, daily progress. All right, this is the book, A Little Goes a Long Way. And I just, I mean, I love the title, just just the title, because I think the title speaks volumes because we, we do. I do think we kind of buy into this kind of almost consumerism mindset of bigger is better. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's the daily, it's the faithful things. All right, Rachel. Um, by the way, I, I want to show people, but I'm going to forget this cause I get caught up in the topic cause I think this is such a good one. This is her website. It's Rachel K Adams. And she does spell Rachel with lots of vowels, uh, rachelkadams.com. And she also has, uh, there the love offering podcast that you'll want to check out. So you can have more of these fun discussions. So just wanted to get that in before I forget, uh, because I want to ask the, the personal questions here. Um, and, and there, there's a few that kind of come to mind. What, 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 what have you, have you experienced anything or seen anything in others that holds people back from really going into this faithful kind of daily pattern uh 
uh, I don't know, fears, insecurities, uh, or, uh, anything stand out to you when you're kind of looking at this whole concept? Yes. And I'm living this out still. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned my podcast and it's the Love Offering podcast where I ask people, well, what do you have to offer to God's kingdom? To, and But yet I doubt what I have to offer myself. And the more I've wrestled with this insecurity, the more I realize it's really just a focus on myself. And the, but the reality is, is since I have the Holy Spirit working in inside and then through me, then it's not me that I'm sharing. It's it's him that I'm sharing. And what I really want people to realize is that they are inherently significant just because of who they are. You know, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's workmanship. And so we do, we are his masterpiece. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And before we've done anything, God looked upon his creation and said he was pleased. And so I want to start there, mm. but then back to circling back to where we, we started in this conversation, there is good work for us to do. And so, you know, we wouldn't be here if, if, if we weren't. And so I think that that is so important to first start with, we are inherently significant. We can be confident that whatever we're offering, that God is going to use it. And it's him that's going to take it a long way. We just have to be willing to say, yes, like here it is, Lord, send me. Yeah. No, and you know, being spiritually reborn, when you become a Christian, a new creature, a creature, a new creation, you are then created for good works. And I think the lie is to get it backwards is that we do the good work so we can be a new creation. It's like, no, 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 that's all grace. You can't do it on your own. But once you do, well, now guess what? God's got all this. It's like salvation is not the end. It's the beginning. And now we have all these good works. And again, I think, I think it's easy to fall into the, the thinking, oh, that means I can be this preacher or this worship leader or this big author or whatever. And it's like, no, those good works start in the, the daily individual small things, you know, the encounters at the school or at the grocery store or at work or at, you know, wherever you're at. It's those daily encounters. I, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any, any stories where you thought something was insignificant and it's like something happened that made you go, wow, no, that was actually a big deal in God's economy. Yeah, I am paying attention so much to the encounters that I have. You know, I think every every time, you know, I even think about my husband. We met the very first day of college and smiled and said hello and had a little bit of conversation. And here we are 20 years later, <laughs> married for 16 with two children. And I, I really firmly believe I wouldn't be even having this conversation with you today if it wasn't for my husband, because his belief in me, he always has said, Rachel, if you could see yourself through my eyes, it would change your world because he knows I, I battle with insecurity. Mm. And so often I think that, that God the Father is saying the same thing to all of us. If you could only see yourself through my eyes, it would change your world. It would change everything. It would change the world. And so I say all that to say me just starting a conversation with my husband, being faithful to stay committed to marriage, it's it, this this beautiful journey that God has had me on just through a simple conversation and a simple encounter. I, have, I had no idea uh, where it would take me. And I'm so encouraged by that. And I want to encourage everybody else watching and listening today. Start with a hello. 
Start with a smile, start with an engaging question, and who knows where it may end up 10 to 20 years from now. Yeah, could get you married. Oh, yeah, right? I, I met my wife the first week of college, too. So Did you? Yeah. Okay. It took me a few years. I was a little slow on the draw, but uh, yeah. <laughs> locked it down before we graduated. So, um, <laughs> let me ask you this, because in Scripture, we know love your neighbor as yourself. And I like the literal, I don't know if you ever read the, like the Young's literal translation of the Bible or something, but I like the literal on that because it's near one. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's the, who's, who's near you. How much of this has to be put into practice with those closest to you, whether it's your husband or your children. But I mean, like we always think of, you know, reaching over there. And, and I think God's going, no, this is, this is the domain that I have asked you to conquer first yourself. And then right here, your near ones. How much yeah. of this is about those closest to you? So much of it, you know, Randy, I've said so often that I don't want to be seen as successful um, in, in the public eye, if I'm not successful first in my private life. Yeah. And if I don't get that right, I feel like I've I failed. And our pastor actually on Sunday, he encouraged us who is in close proximity to you, but is far from God. Mm. And so, it, and we all wrote on, on note cards and put it on the altar. There is somebody that you are interacting with probably on a daily or weekly basis that is far from God, but you're in close proximity to. Mm. And so who is that? Because God has given them to you. So we first, we pray, we pursue those opportunities and we persevere in that. And then we just, uh, we just continue to plant those seeds and, and water those seeds. And then we let God um, help it to grow. But yes, to answer your question, I absolutely believe that God has given us those people, our, our children, our families, our friends, our Church fellow church members, our co-workers, the fellow pe people on the sports teams and in the schools, he's given us those people to steward for a reason. We have to take our rightful place wherever we are because we're the only ones that can. Well, and, and you just hit on a word that I think is key in scripture and that is steward uh, because it's, it's not about necessarily getting more. I mean, if God wants to give you more, he'll give you more. It's about what you do with what you have. Mm -hmm. And we don't all have the same. It's interesting in the scripture, the parable of, the different ones. Yeah, this guy was given one portion of money, talent, and you know, and this one was given two. This one was given five. It wasn't about equity. It was about what do you do with what you got. Yeah. Well, and to to piggyback on that, Randy, you know, I I recently read that, and I was thinking of that same parable, and so I'm so glad you brought it up because the one that buried his talent was scared. He was he was fearful. And that goes back to what you just mentioned earlier. If we let fear and insecurity stop us from doing what God wants us to do, I don't know. I I, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. But the one who buried their talent because of fear didn't hear that from the Lord. Well, and OK, do you know the rest of that? You know what he did here? Because it wasn't just mm, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's wicked and lazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a little harsh in my book. It's like he didn't <laughs> lose it, you know? He didn't yeah. squander it like the prodigal son or something. It was like, no, but it's like God actually has expectations uh, for us with the little things that he gives us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know, right. All right. Okay, I, I do have a question because uh, I showed the website and I got the pop-up on your book. Uh, this is the website without the pop-up on the book. Uh, and I want to ask about your, um, podcast. What do you, what do you cover on that? 
Well, and you mentioned it too. I feel like you've been reading my journal or you're just w- really well read. So um, it's it's all about the greatest commandment, you know, love the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. But doing that, you know, actually that agape love, doing that on a daily basis, sometimes it is easier to love the stranger on the street because it's in a moment. Mm-hmm. But to really love those people, the family, the spouse, the the person, in the children in your home daily, um, that's sometimes harder um, because they can hurt us and um, really? we have to extend more grace and more forgiveness and, and really? more mercy and all those things and be more patient and have more self-control. And, and so it's, it's exploring that. How do we live out our faith in practical ways? Because I don't want to just be hearers of God's word. I want to be doers of God's word. And so every week I interview a different guest who is living out their faith differently in their places with their people. Um, and then this season, we're actually um, going in deeper into each of the podcast, um, each of these devotions, actually. So if it, the, if the devotion's a little effort goes a long way, I interview somebody that can speak to that topic. So it's oh, been nice. fun to go deeper into the devotional. Yeah, no, I like I like the structure that it makes getting the book and then following up with the podcast. That's actually a good idea. I'm, I'm oh, going well, to steal you. that next year when my next book comes out. Yes, feel good. free to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what you're saying is so true. Uh, I find that shallow relationships are much, much easier to manage. <laughs> but the the deep ones require real so real work. work and and not not just work but uh if you're going to forgive you have to forgive if you're if you're you can't fake it you know the authenticity is, is there so uh, all right great i just love all the things that you're stressing because these this is where we live on a daily basis uh is there anything i missed anything you want to cover before i let you go I think the the main message that I hope that I've communicated today is that everything we do is important. All the work that we do, yeah. the big and the small, and that everybody listening is already significant. And so I just, I pray that that's what I can communicate. Don't demonize the big things, but also don't discount those small things. Uh, I love that. And I appreciate, I appreciate that. Rachel Adams, uh, do check out the book, check out her website. Um, and, do this. Do, do a little bit today because it does go a long way. I uh, appreciate you being here. If you haven't followed, subscribed, liked, or shared, do those things now. I uh, appreciate you guys that are commenting live, and I always read the comments afterwards, so feel free to leave one. And come back. We've got more for you right here on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next it's time. always possible to do the will of God. He has given us the will to choose to come, come, to choose to bend our necks, to choose to bend our necks, and to choose to learn. It is always possible to do the will of God. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.